let's talk about our criminal justice system because a new report from Ontario's chief coroner this week says in recent years, deaths among incarcerated populations have risen dramatically. The report looked at non-homicide deaths of inmates from 2014 to 2021. There were 186 deaths over that seven-year period with 19 in 2014, 25 in 2019, and 46 in 2021. The main causes of death are identified as accidental overdoses, suicide, and natural. Kevin Egan is a lawyer who represents EMDC inmates involved in a lawsuit about conditions at that jail. He joins us now. Thanks for your time today. It's my pleasure. I would imagine this report from the uh, chief coroner does not come as uh, much of a surprise to you. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's it's uh, very welcome to, to see a report coming out of the same ministry that that attempts to run our prisons, but uh, uh, it's it's good news, I think, overall. It's it's interesting because when you look at some of the numbers, I mean, the numbers uh, kind of jump off the page. Number one, in terms of the total deaths over a seven-year period, but also what's striking about that, and I think people should see when they read this, is they, the numbers are going up. They're trending up. It's not as though it's stagnant year over year. Every year, it seems to be the numbers are going up, which is what we can't and shouldn't be seeing. That's right. Yeah, it's it's um, something that uh, that has been alarming me for for many years now, and so I'm glad that other people have started to notice and and are taking some positive steps to address it. Uh, the report, uh, you know, suggests the system is, you know, kind of struggling to deliver on some basic promises, you know, in terms of uh, looking at the system, you know, basic human rights, up-to-date health care. Uh, what is the situation like in our in our prisons right now, in particular EMDC? Yeah, well, it's it's uh, obviously a struggle to, to keep up with uh, an aging infrastructure, uh, overcrowding, understaffing, um, low morale, uh, you know, a host of problems that have been highlighted over and over in, in inquests by the uh, 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 inspections by the uh, Human Rights Commission, uh, the Ombudsman of Ontario. These are these are not new observations, but uh, but it's nice to see it all in one comprehensive report. Uh, showing just how badly run the entire system is. You, you pointed it out there, you know, you and I have done interviews similar to, to this in the past. Uh, we've been talking about issues in our jails, specifically at EMDC, for quite a while now, but there has not been a lot of movement. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think it's political will. You know, this this uh, report calls for some hard decisions, and, and uh, the problem is that those who are in control haven't made those hard decisions. Uh, that whatever reason might lie behind that, um, there seems to be a reluctance to to pull the trigger on what they obviously must know needs to be addressed. Do you think you know those who might be in this position to make some change kind of understand the scope of what's in front of them in terms of? not just responding to what's 
happened, but what is to come? I mean, all systems evolve over time, and it seems as though when you read this report, and if people have been following this, we're still struggling to you know, do the job that would have been required 10 years ago, and it's changed a lot over the past 10 years. That that's right, and and you know when when we're speaking about change, we we also have advances in technology that that are underutilized. Uh, ankle bracelets, for instance, people don't need to be in jail while they're waiting for a, a bail hearing or waiting for a trial. They they can be monitored in the community, and and you know still go to work, still live with their families. Uh, they, there doesn't have to be this kind of disruption in, in people's lives. It's a huge expense to the province uh, that that really doesn't serve a useful purpose. Uh, you know, if that money that's spent in incarcerating people was spent in social programs addressing the root problems of criminality, we'd be far further ahead. If If those who need to be incarcerated got some some uh, rehabilitation programs they wouldn't reoffend as frequently and and we'd see actually a saving of money in the system but it takes some courage and, and some political will to actually make those changes to see what's staring them in the face and react to it appropriately what type of uh, you know person might uh, offender or whatever the uh, how we want to qualify that person? Are we talking nonviolent, violent? Because obviously we, there have been a lot of discussions lately about uh, bail and whatnot. But for nonviolent offenders in particular, it would seem if we don't have to have that person uh, incarcerated, not even before we get to the trial, that would be something we that would be an easy thing we'd want to avoid. Yeah, that that makes the, the that's the most obvious answer is nonviolent offenders. Um, they're, they're not really posing a threat to society. Um, and, and so there's, there's no need really to incarcerate them, um, especially if they haven't been convicted of anything. The presumption of innocence ought to prevail. Just in general, what needs to change here? I mean, in terms of uh, when we view uh, our jails and individuals who find themselves within the criminal justice system, it, it, it seems as though at times there's almost a lack of uh, humanity uh, that's kind of involved here in terms of uh, viewing all people as equal. And in the case of the criminal justice system, sometimes those who find themselves within it as less than. That's right. Yeah, there, there's this view that if you're, if you're in there, you deserve whatever comes your way. Uh, that, uh, you know, there's really no obligation on the part of those holding uh, prisoners to treat them humanely or, or to, to actually help them um, cope with, with whatever's brought them into conflict with the law and, uh, you know, produce somebody who is a more uh, effective participant in society once they're released. Just finally, are you hopeful that maybe this could lead to, to some change? I, I, I really am. You know, uh, it, it's, it's exhausting for me uh, psychologically to, to have to keep dealing with families who have needlessly lost someone in our prison system.
And, uh, you know, these families suffer for years and years waiting for an inquest just to get some answers. And then they get the idea that, okay, there's all these recommendations made by the jury. Something's going to change, and then nothing changes. Uh, so it's it's exhausting. It's 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 inhumane, uh, as as the report points to. Presently in Ontario, we are waiting for 170 inquests into non-natural deaths in our prison system. 170 are waiting. Some of them for more than five years, just to find out the circumstances of the death of their loved one. It's, you know, it's as criminal as any behavior uh, by the by the prisoners themselves. We will uh, follow with interest. Kevin, as always, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. That's Kevin Egan, a lawyer who represents EMDC inmates involved in a lawsuit about conditions at the jail.